the movie would sort of have us believe that she was almost like the first critic to evince and evoke real passion about film. But also that, and, and I think one of the things that made her so popular to those who love her and continues to resonate is also her rigorously anti-theoretical approach to film. So cards on the table, I would say that my thesis about Pauline Kael, my feeling is uh, she's a brilliant prose stylist. She's an original thinker, but nevertheless, and I think this, this documentary accidentally makes this case, nevertheless, she was a very powerful force against the idea of taking film seriously as an art form. And you can see it a lot in this movie, how it emphasizes two strands of her thought, one of which was this delightful, irreverent cutting down of mid-century European modernism. It reminded me a little bit of like Tom Wolfe, Radical Chic, you know, that that essay yeah. that she wrote about La Dolce Vita and Hiroshima Mon Amour uh, and Last Year at Marion Bad, where I think she called it- Oh, and it La Note. And La Note, where it was like, she, she called it something like, come dressed as the sick soul of Europe parties. Yes which there's a lot of bad faith in there. And you can see in her reviews and parts of her reviews that are quoted, this element of, well, movies are ultimately for pleasure. And if it's not giving me that, then what good is it? If it's aiming for other textures and other responses, it's ultimately not good. And, you know, she was famous for allegedly never watching a movie a second time. She was famous for being a great intellect who nevertheless trusted her emotions more than her intellect. But then the other strand of her thought that this movie emphasizes is her love of trash, quote unquote. And this section I found particularly maddening. It quotes from her essay, Trash Art and the Movies. And I think it's important to contextualize this essay and what was happening in not just film criticism, but criticism generally at that time. Um, Originally it, published in Harper's, I believe. That's right. That's right. And you can see it on the Harper's website right now, if you're so inclined. <laughs> you can subscribe. <laughs> Folks, uh, support, support Harper's. I'm sure they, I'm sure they need it. Business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The 60s was a time when there was increasing debate about whether or not film is an art form and to what extent it is an art form. So Andrew Saris, her great adversity, his philosophy was that, yes, you know, there's Bergman, there's Antonioni, there's Godard, but um, there's also art right in front of us in our own indigenous filmmaking. We have Hitchcock, we have Howard Hawks, John Ford. These people are great artists, even though they've been widely dismissed as mere entertainers. You know, meanwhile, there's Manny Farber, who wrote a very famous essay, White Elephant Art versus Termite Art, where he was contrasting all these big lumbering Oscar type movies, you know, your Stanley Kramer type movies with, you know, Laurel and Hardy movies or action movies that would play on 42nd Street and saying there's more honest art in these films. And then there's also Susan Sontag, whose book Against Interpretation helped legitimize the idea that movies could be a subject for highbrow discussion. And it's funny to think about that in retrospect, because that book includes essays on Jean-Luc Godard, Robert Bresson, people who we would consider to be very highbrow artists. But nevertheless, the idea of taking them seriously academically was a new and somewhat radical idea at the time. Kale is working in this context, but she's doing something that is seemingly slightly different, but actually very significantly different, which is she's saying movies don't have to be art. They're good as trash. We don't need to pretend that trash is art to legitimize it. And that seems like kind of a populist statement on the face of it. It seems like a wonderfully democratic statement, but I think it points to her limitations as a critic 
there are many critics who I think will open doorways of film appreciation for you. People like Andrew Saris or Molly Haskell or Jonathan Rosenbaum in taking film seriously as an art form. But I think she's a writer who is, I think, particularly beloved by readers who weren't all that interested in film or or she offered she offered people reassurance that the movies they like it's okay that they like them but if people don't want to explore film as an art form then it's all it's all fun trash and you don't really need to take it seriously right i mean because if we limit pauline kale we only see pauline kale as somebody who is really passionate about the movies well, what about Jonas Mikas, the, sure. the famous, his famous movie journal that would appear in the Village Voice, which as opposed to something like the New Yorker, some parts of the documentary are kind of for insiders only. And then other parts, but then there are also these very sort of duh, duh moments or simplifications about her career that seem to be like, oh yeah, this is a documentary for everybody. But what the New Yorker was and what it still is, is not really made clear versus something like the village voice like what the village voice was doing particularly with its movie coverage and sort of fighting for celebrating american artists and celebrating things that would otherwise be sort of pushed aside 